Let's go racing Graham. at Indy. This is the Gallagher Grand Prix. And Graham Rahal with a great start. Lungard is being challenged on the inside. Three behind, three wide. You see both McLaren's now four wide. Devlin D. Francesco, maybe all the way to the lead from his career best start. He's side by side with Rahal. And Dev takes the point. Unbelievable. This driver has never qualified in the top six. He's never even had a, a sniff of a podium. And he is so hungry to go to the front. DeFrancesco leads as two Aero McLarens slide around behind. Oh, Will Power got airborne in that black and red Verizon Chevy. He shortcut the chicane there. DeFrancesco in this turquoise and pink Truba Honda Andretti oh, Steinbrenner. That is Alex Pillow, championship Dixon. leader, and his teammate Scott Dixon, along with Newgarden. Oh, that's terrible for Newgarden in the championship. Pillow opts to go four wide here backs out and then i think armstrong just turns across the bow of his teammate yeah polo had to check up so dixon had nowhere to go and then newgarden just kind of last one on the scene ramps on top de francesco solidly back in fifth looking inside now looks four wide to the outside for the break zone i love that he had that run then he backed out of it lifted off to get all the way to the outside <laughs> i he was just the deepest guy on the brakes there's no two ways about it that was a full send move Devlin DeFrancesco leading the way over Graham Rahal and Pato Award. Look oh. at the challenge here on the inside from Alexander Rossi. That's on Christian Lundgaard in the black car on the right of your screen. That blue and orange McLaren going by on the inside of the Hy-Vee Honda. Graham okay. Rahal all over the back of Look Devlin DeFrancesco. Here he comes up the inside of the 29. Graham Rahal to the front and where he started. And Alexander Rossi on his teammate in the background. So Rossi goes to third. Rahal goes to first. It is game on. And this is going to be a very entertaining afternoon. Below the championship leader in a little bit of trouble momentarily. Check this out as he makes a move on Devlin DeFrancesco. Now looked pretty straightforward at first, but DeFrancesco starting to get his elbows out a little bit. And I'm sure Pelot is thinking to himself, uh-oh. I've got Newgarden down, but not out. Lining up now, it's going to be a race on the brakes. Alex so deep on those primaries, but the extra grip of the alternates makes that move happen. They'll go to a used black set here for Lungard. They need to wait and get the fuel in, and then we'll see where he blends when he pulls uh -oh. out. That Fueler was shaking his head yeah. like it was taking him a little longer. Oh, Here comes Graham Rahal out of turn 14. 11 seconds on the stop to Graham 7.6. This is going to be an easy one for Graham Rahal. Meanwhile, Scott Dixon has climbed all the way back up to third on this pit stop rotation. The six-time champion, Scott Dixon, is going to cycle to the front. With that sneaky little smirk on his face, he beat us all today. Didn't see this coming when Dixon had to pit on just lap five. Dixon's getting squirrely coming onto the front straightaway there. I think Graham's going to have a great worm right here, but I think Dixon... Two laps to go, five miles to determine the winner of this Gallagher Grand Prix. Under the brakes, into turn one. Still Dixon over Rahal. Here comes Graham, though. It's one thing to track down Scott Dixon. It's another thing to pass him when Dixon has another win in his sights. Ray Hall is throwing everything at it, but the overtaking opportunities have run out. 
What a comeback from Scott Dixon after spinning on the opening lap. And in 19 consecutive seasons, Scott Dixon is going to be a winner again. Spin to win. Dixon has done it in Indy. Spinning on the opening lap to seeing the yard of bricks first. Nothing, nothing is too big for Scott Dixon in the IndyCar series. And if you're Graham Rahal, you just have to throw up your hands. He did everything right today. He beat his teammate. He beat Arrow McLaren. And this is going to be frustrating. Great drive. Look at that. Great sportsmanship there. Giving the thumbs up to Scott. And huge respect. He yeah. knows he's witnessing greatness right in front of him. Watch the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Sunday, August 27th at 3.30 p.m. on NBC. And with that, welcome to the Push to Pass podcast, episode number 39, as we take a look, uh, Josh, at uh, the uh, race that uh, just uh, uh, concluded, well, not just concluded, but uh, took place there on Saturday out at the uh, Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway road course. Um, obviously, it was the uh, Gallagher uh, Grand Prix. Um, it also was uh, the uh, the uh, Brickyard doubleheader, uh, which uh, may be uh, coming to an end here soon. This may be the last year uh, that we see of that, but we'll uh, we'll talk more of that. Talk more about that uh, with our with, with our guest, and and I'll uh, I'll go over that here momentarily. But Josh, uh, glad to be back. Uh, interesting race to say the least. I think on on Saturday, uh, Scott Dixon. Uh, spins out there on the uh, opening laps, uh, but uh, still somehow uh, the Iceman, the goat of uh, of IndyCar, however you want to put it, uh, found a way to carve his way uh, back through the field and to hold off a hard-charging uh, Graham Rahal, which uh, kudos, I think, goes to uh, Graham Rahal and the whole uh, Rahal-Letterman-Lanigan racing team, which uh, we'll talk about them here as the show unfolds as well. But uh, kudos to uh, Graham uh, for a uh, not only getting the pole position uh, for Saturday's race, uh, but uh, leading the most laps. And uh, if uh, if it wasn't for uh, him obviously running out of laps on the race on Saturday, Josh, uh, he probably catches uh, Graham. But uh, we'll talk about that here uh, in a second. Like I said, uh, good to be back here. And opening thoughts uh, about uh, about the race that we witnessed there on Saturday. You know, for such an uneventful race, a lot of stuff came out of this. Um, you know, Graham Ray Hall coming back from from his uh, tumultuous May where he uh, didn't qualify for the 500 to begin with and uh, had to go into go step into Stefan Wilson's car just to um, just to be able to drive and he that wasn't even that wasn't even a, a smooth start if you remember his uh, he couldn't even get the car started at the beginning of the race so the month of May was terrible for Graham for him to be able to come back this August and uh, grab the pole lead the most laps and um, and he, he was hard charging. I think if he would have had a couple more laps, he would have been able to catch Dixon because I think Dixon, uh, as much as he was able to save fuel, he uh, he was going to run out of fuel. You know, Dixon had uh, had pitted before Graham. And um, but I think, you know, Ray Hall had a he, he had a fantastic weekend. It wasn't how he wanted to wasn't how he wanted to end it. But uh, but, you know, coming home second was uh, had had to feel good for him, you know. Uh, some other stuff that happened, you know, you, you got Scott Dixon, uh, 
19th 19th year in a row he's won at least one race that's that's outstanding uh especially spinning spinning at the beginning of the race to uh to be able to come back and win you know that just shows how much of a savvy veteran he is he he bided his time he didn't do anything that was uh that was gonna cost him the race his team got him in and out of the pits as best as they can and you know he was able to uh, conserve fuel to be able to make that last run and um you know McLaughlin, it was a it was a bad it was a bad day for him. He was coming into the uh, coming in, hoping he was going to be able to make up some points on Polo, but he was involved in that uh, early crash. The only the only uh, caution we had of the of the race. So uh, pretty much, uh, you know that that's it. That's that's it for the rest of the year for uh, anyone actually trying to make a run towards the. Uh, Towards the championship, of course, unless Alex Pelot just, you know, for some reason decides he doesn't want to race or he DNFs the next, the, the last races that we have of the year. But uh, overall, it was a good, it was a good race. Um, like I said, it was uneventful, but uh, there was some drama. But it was with only one caution, you didn't have a lot of suspense. Um, I, I think. I think them moving next year to uh, I think they're going to go to Milwaukee. I think is who where where they were talking about going. Uh, it'll be good for them. Um, I think it will put a little bit more, and I know this is hard to do, put a little bit more prestige back into the 500 because now we're not racing three times at Indy. We're only racing twice. We're only going to race twice. Um, so I think that's a good move, and I think NASCAR going back to the Oval will help them for their 30th anniversary next year. But uh, overall, it was a good year, good, uh, good, good year out of out of uh, IMS. Some great races, so uh, uh, I, I can't complain. It was a good, it was a good Saturday. Uh, yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, weather was uh, was beautiful, at least for the uh, the IndyCar race. Now, uh, I think the uh, the NASCAR folks are probably going to uh, disagree there a little bit when it comes to uh, to the weather. Uh, but but all in all, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, great weekend, uh, obviously great weekend for uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing. Uh, they've had a mountain to climb uh, all year, and and I think. Um, uh, Saturday proved uh, that if you continue to work, continue to tinker, as uh, as uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan has, uh, success will come, and and that's what uh, they were able to take away from the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some a, a a driver of that team uh, wasn't getting uh, wasn't able uh, to. Uh, uh, harness uh, that uh, success as as others and we'll talk about that here uh, as the show unfolds also too uh we're back to uh, Alex Polo drama Alex Polo 2.0 uh, if you didn't hear what happened uh, the story that broke uh, over the weekend we'll go over that and then uh, Meyer Shank uh, has added a new uh, driver to their stable. Uh, no secret uh, there. We'll, we'll talk about that. And then at the uh, bottom half of the hour, uh, we're going to be joined by Blake Smith of Let's Talk Racing. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the name is self-explanatory there. Uh, we'll talk about um, this past weekend, uh, obviously, here at the IMS Road Course with IndyCar and NASCAR. And then uh, also, too, uh, news uh, from the air, from the NASCAR Indy world. Uh, Kyle Larson, uh, no secret that he's going to be doing the 500 and 600 next year, uh, the uh, the great double. Um, his uh, liveries 
uh, for IndyCar and NASCAR uh, were uh, unveiled on on Sunday. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, first and foremost, we do need to discuss uh, again what took place this weekend. The five takeaways uh, from uh, what we witnessed there on Saturday. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, you can find this article over at the last word on uh, sports in, in under the uh, IndyCar section. Uh, but uh, right here, uh, the five takeaways uh, that we've gotten that we gathered uh, from, uh, from this race, Josh, number five. Well, before we get into that, obviously a little, uh, uh, a pat on the back to uh, uh, Scott Dixon for all of his career uh, accomplishments. And and I was able to uh, speak with him uh, after the race uh, to congratulate him from all of us here at the Push to Pass uh, podcast for not only, uh, as you said, uh, Scott Dixon grabbing his first win, if you can believe that or not, his first win of the 2023 season, his 54th win, of his of his illustrious illustrious uh, IndyCar career, and then as you uh, as you touched on there, uh, he did extend his streak of one win in at least nineteen seasons. That's uh, impressive in itself. And, and then uh, to put the cherry on top of the Sunday, Josh uh, Scott Dixon gets his fifty fourth career win on his three hundred and nineteenth consecutive start uh, which breaks him in a tie with uh, Tony Kanaan for the most uh, consecutive starts that was uh, obviously 318 now Scott Dixon has that record at 319 and obviously uh, that will be uh, growing uh, as the uh, seasons unfold Uh, fifth thing that uh, that I thought uh, was uh, was important from this weekend Josh uh, the the re-emergence of Devlin DeFrancesca. I know uh, a lot of talk that he may not be back with Andretti Autosports in uh, in 2024, uh, but you have to give it to him. What a weekend that uh, the Canadian driver had. Uh, coming into this weekend, Josh, believe it or not, uh, Devlin's best start in the series was at Gateway last year where he started uh, P9. Uh, he did qualify this past weekend P5, so that is his uh, best career start. And then also, too, uh, Devlin going into the race, Josh, led one lap in his IndyCar career, just one lap uh, on the race on Saturday. Uh, he led eight, so that's got to be a new, uh, obviously, uh, career high for him. Uh, obviously, he had a little bit of uh, trouble late uh, where he uh, slid back in the pack. But I think uh, he's going to be known from this race, Josh, and I'll let you touch on this after this, this pass uh, that he makes in the opening uh, opening green flag uh, of this race. Let's play this real quick, and then I'm curious to get your thoughts. The green. Turn one is always a chaos point. Let's go racing at Indy. This is the Gallagher Grand Prix, and Graham Rahal with a great start. Loongard is being challenged on the inside. Three behind, three wide. You see both McLarens now four wide. Devlin Francesco, baby, all the way to the lead. From his career best start, he's side by side with Rahal, and Dev takes the point. Unbelievable. This driver has never qualified in the top six. He's never even had a, a sniff of a podium, and he is so hungry to go to the front. Francesco leads as two arrow McLarens slide around behind. Uh, Josh, a uh, great move there, I think, by by Devlin DeFrancesca, uh, as we highlighted there. I know you were watching uh, watching that live. Uh, what did you think about that? Uh, it was a it was a fantastic strategy. Um, you know, he came out, and I'm sure he had that uh, had that in his mind that he was uh, 
he he may he must have saw something or figured out something in the in the race that he was going to be able to uh, get around there and um kind of reminds me of uh, you know that that guy that uh that in a in a race he sprints out he sprints out to the front um you know he wants to he wants it so bad his adrenaline's pumping so much that he j- he just ru- he just gets out there um so we now know that he can drive we know that he can make those moves what he has to do now is uh, work on his longevity of you know throughout the race. Yeah, you you can lead the you can lead the top you can lead the very first laps. You can lead the, you can lead the first you know fifty laps. But if you can't sustain that all throughout the um, all throughout the race, it it's all for naught. Um, I do congratulate him on uh, you know now he's led nine laps. But uh, he's going to have to get better on on his overall over overall uh, racing abilities, in my opinion. Um, you know, I'm just a novice. I don't I don't drive IndyCar, but uh, uh, it it was it was some excitement to begin with. He he took him four wide going in going into turn one, and he was a like they said he was the uh, he was the deepest man on the break, and he was able to get to the front. Um, so that had to have been an awesome thing for him. Um, just think that he, uh, he's got to improve his long, his, uh, his longevity. It's a, uh, as we always say for races, it's a, it's a, it's a run, not a sprint. So, um, it was, it was fun. It was fun to watch it live, live out at the track. Um, so, uh, congratulations to, uh, Devlin and, uh, hopefully he could take this and build on it as he goes into the rest of the races this year and uh, wherever he'll end up next year, whether it be on the same team he's on now or if on the new team or wherever else, if he, if he's not in, if he's not in IndyCar next year, I can't imagine that. I mean, he's, he's talented. He's made it up here. He's shown that he can drive, but he's just got to drive a little bit better. So uh, I hope he can build on it and uh, go forward. Yeah, it's definitely a a marathon and not a sprint. And uh, you got to think, um, you know, when Devlin looks back on the 2023 season, this has to be one of the exciting, uh, exciting points uh, in his uh, in his career uh, so far. Uh, touching on it uh, earlier, uh, it's again, Polo drama uh, 2.0. Um, it reared its ugly head last year. Uh, I think all of us in the in the IndyCar community uh, figured out what a contract is and what it's not. Uh, but again, uh, this drama rearing its ugly head that the reports broke a late Friday more or Friday night into Saturday morning, uh, courtesy of uh, Marshall Pruitt over at the Racer, that uh, Alex Pillow, as as we all thought, we've all talked about, may not. Uh, be driving for Errol McLaren in 2024. I know Josh has uh, been a staunch uh, not supporter of this, and, and he's obviously laid out his reasons uh, why he thinks Alex Pillow could be staying with Chip Ganassi. And and obviously right now, um, you know, only Alex Pillow knows what he's going to do. Uh, but I think Josh lays out a, a, a great argument uh, as to why uh, Alex should be staying and signing long-term there with uh, with Ganassi Racing, uh, also too, Pelot did cut ties with his management team, and then uh, on uh, Saturday, and, and this is way out of character, Josh, for uh, Chip Ganassi. He's been awful quiet uh, about this for the last year, uh, but uh, he actually put out a statement, uh, believe it or not, um, about uh, Alex Pelot and, and the uh, 
tactics, so to say, the the lack of respect uh, that Errol McLaren is giving uh, Chip Ganassi and Chip Ganassi Racing. So this is obviously going to start a new chapter, Josh, and what is lining up to be quite a spicy, and I think that's the right word to use there, uh, IndyCar silly season. Uh, but this was the uh, statement that uh, Chip Ganassi uh, tweeted out on, uh, on CGR Teams on Twitter or X. Uh, anyone that knows me knows that I don't make a habit of commenting on contract situations, and he's 100% accurate there. Subsequently, I have been quiet since day one of this story, but now I feel I must respond. I grew up respecting the McLaren team and their success. The new management does not get my same respect. Uh, it was a little salty there, Josh, I think. Uh, Alex Pillow has been part of our team and under contract since the 2021 season. It is the interference of that contract. It is the interference of that contract from McLaren that began this process. And ironically, they are now playing the victim. Simply stated, the position of McLaren IndyCar regarding our driver is inaccurate and wrong. He remains under contract with Chip Canassi Racing. Now, I, I know, Josh, we were talking a little bit uh, off uh, off mic here before the show. Uh, you want to reiterate uh, some of the questions uh, that that you have, uh, you know, reading, going through this story and, uh, you know, some of the things that, that come to your mind when it comes to uh, contracts and, and things of that nature? Well, first of all, um, Zach Brown and Aaron McLaren has come out and said that they've already, uh, they've already fronted, they've already advanced um, Alex some money on his contract. Now, my question would be, is that tampering? I mean, he, Pelo is under a contract with, with, uh, with, Eric, with, with Chip Ganassi racing. I mean, is that, is that's to me, that's tampering. Uh, that's my first thought. Um, I've said it all along. I don't understand why Polo would leave Chip just due to the fact the success they're having right now. The the team is clicking together. I know that I think it was always speculated the fact that Alex wanted to go to Arrow because they have an F one. Uh, they have an F one team. F one that they uh, they have two drivers over there, but. From everything that I've heard from anyone, the Arrow's not looking to add a third car, nor are they looking to move either of their drivers out of their cars. So why would why would why would he go why would he go to uh, Arrow if that's the only reason? I mean, if you're gonna why sign with Arrow if you're not gonna get what you, what you want to go over there for? So that's that's the second thing. Um, third. I, I've, I was listening to two other reporters in the, uh, in the media center and, um, Chip, Chip Ganassi and, um, and Zach Brown do not get along according to those two. You know, if they, they're, they're hardly ever in rooms together. Chip's got to be fed up with Arrow and they're, they're negotiating tactics. You know, they came in, they swooped in and tried to try to take Pelot last year with not with knowing they had to, have, they had to have seen what, what uh, Polo's contract look like, or they're just not very good business people. So this this whole saga has been has just a it's been good it's been good content for you know IndyCar followers and reporters, but it's it's got to be it's got to be grinding on Chip Ganassi's last nerve. You know they're in the middle of a they're in the middle of a um, 
in the middle of a championship season, you know, we're going to find out you're going to later on, you're going to report that he's that Pelos pretty much wrapped up the championship, but yet he can and Chip Ganassi and Alex Flo can't enjoy this because Zach Brown and Aaron McLaren just seem to seem to want to play like they're the victims and that they've been duped out of stuff. You know, if they didn't do the research, if they didn't get Polo to, to, to sign anything saying that he had had an intent to come there, then they're, they, they really have no, they really have no argument. You know, it's just like an NCAA football you know, you got you got a kid that's in the 2025 class that commits to Ohio State, and that's all it is is a verbal. You're, you're saying you're going to come to them, but you don't. You know, two years down the road, when it's time to time to sign a letter, you don't come, and people get mad. I it's just verbal commitments do not warrant actual commitments. It's hey, I'm going to come there, but it doesn't mean that I'm actually going to come there. Stuff happens in between when you say it. And when, when that happens, um, I know that Polo earlier this year, I believe it was one of the F1 races that was held here in the United States was seen in Aaron McLaren, um, um, uh, the colors and all that while at the race, but something's happened. Alex has changed his mind and, uh, arrows just got accepted. I mean, if, if they have to, if he has to pay back the money, I'm pretty sure he'll pay back the money and um, go on from there. But this is just a this is a saga that just doesn't need to be happening. And, and just to, just to piggyback off the you know the the argument that you've made about Pelo staying with Chip Ganassi Racing before we move on, I, I want to add a, a little bit to that. Uh, success changes people. I, I think, and maybe Alex, you know, has had that kind of come to Jesus meeting a, a little bit and realized that, you know what, maybe Chip Ganassi, you know, I may not be able to get that F1 ride that, that I think he truly wants, as you said. Uh, but right now, the best situation, I think, for uh, Polo is uh, Chip Ganassi racing, because think about it. He's going to be their main face, because let, let's face it. You know Scott Dixon obviously you know won on on Saturday, but he's not getting any younger. And are you you really think Marcus Armstrong is going to be the face of Chip Ganassi Racing? And you know we don't know what the situation with Marcus Erickson is because I find it tough to believe that not only is is Chip Ganassi going to have to pay a, a pretty penny or some shillings as you like to say to um, Alex Pillow. But he's also got one more driver that is looking for a payday as well, and that's Marcus Erickson. So Alex Pillow is in a great spot, and it would not surprise me, as you've said, as you, you've you've been staunch on this from day one, that Alex Pillow stays in the uh, Chip Canassi uh, stable. But getting let back, me add, uh, let me to, add, let me let me add one more thing as uh, this just came to me. You know, as much as Polo wants to go to F1, why would he want to go over to F1 and be the small, be a small fish in a large pond? If he's going to go to F1, he's going to have to contend with Lewis Hamilton Jr. and Max Verstappen, who own that series right now. Max Verstappen is on one of the greatest win streaks in F1 history. Not the greatest, but one of them. So, I mean, maybe he, maybe he's rethought about it and he's like, you know what? Why why can't I be the face of of a of a um, of of a league of a series? You know, stay in IndyCar, become the face, make more money that way. 
Yeah, absolutely, especially if he's going to put a dominating season together uh, like he has here in 2023. Uh, as we did at the uh, the top of the show there, Josh, uh, kudos to uh, Graham Rahal. I think he proved not only to uh, to himself, uh, but uh, around everyone else, proved to everyone else that he, can, he still can drive at a high level. Obviously, as we documented, uh, a season that has a, a lot of lows and not too many highs, as you said earlier, uh, this weekend laid claim that Graham Rahal can still drive with the best of them. Uh, if you remember, he was the fastest in the practice session on Friday, uh, again, while capturing his first uh, NTTP1 award uh, since uh, Michigan and Belle Isle back in 2017. That's how long it's been since Graham Rahal was on the pole. And then also, too, like I mentioned, uh, he led uh, 36. He led a race leading uh, 36 of 85 scheduled laps. And then he was only outpaced by uh, winner Scott Dixon by just uh, 0.4779 seconds. Uh, let's hear from Graham himself. Nobody likes second, but what positives can you take from today? Yeah, I mean, I thought all day we, frankly, we, we dominated. You know, even on the blacks, we, I said to you this morning, anything was going to kill my race. We had a blister on the left front on the qualifying set of reds, so we couldn't use them. So we had to use two reds, and everybody else went three. And that was the name of the game today. So uh, we got nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Code 3 Associates 15 car was very good today. Honda was excellent today, as always. Yeah, I mean, I'm not bummed, but but I'm bummed. You know, it's just one of those things that even on a day when we do everything right, uh, Lady Luck isn't quite on our side. I thought that first yellow really hurt us um, just because it lasted forever for no reason. And that's what made the two-stop possible for those guys. And I knew it right away under yellow. I knew that Dixie was going to come into play, and he did. So good job to him to make it. That last stint, you're chipping away at it lap after lap after lap. You can see it. You can almost reach out and touch it. What was that like for you inside the car? How did you stay calm and, and not get too animated and worked up? Yeah, I mean, I thought a couple of the lap guys were really good. I thought a couple were really poor. Same for Dixon. So, but when you when you follow like that, it really kills the front tire. And so I knew I had to make quick work of him. Um, and I think it just hurt us a little bit, you know, to give him a lunge. I, I, I was on overtake, but on the second to last lap, he was too. And I just wasn't gaining ground. I was holding dead even with him for some reason. And so uh, I don't know why, but uh, just couldn't make a lunge at him. I thought that was going to be a really good run at it, really good shot. And uh, look, I mean, we have nothing to be ashamed of. We're going against the best, uh, the best of all time by far. Uh, you know, 20 straight seasons, right, with a win for him or 19. It's ridiculous. You know, I, it's absolutely insane. So, you know, uh, we just we got to keep our heads down and keep getting better. And he's absolutely right, as you can see, uh, giving uh, kudos and credence uh, to what uh, uh, Scott Dixon has done in uh, in his career. And we have uh, two takeaways left before we are joined uh, by our guest, Josh. And, and obviously, uh, number two, I think uh, Scott Dixon uh, e equals the GOAT when it comes to uh, in the uh, on the NTT IndyCar series. Uh, you know, what more can be said at, at this point? Uh, 54 career wins. Uh, 200 career top five finishes and at least one win now in 19 straight seasons. And, and then, like I mentioned uh, earlier, his start on Sunday broke a tie with uh, Tony Kanaan uh, for the most consecutive starts with 319. 
And then, uh, as everyone pointed out there on Saturday, uh, Dixon earned this win in the Scott Dixon way. Uh, the six-time IndyCar champion got caught up on a first-lap uh, incident uh, just to uh, fight back on an alternative strategy, like you said, uh, conserving just enough fuel there, as uh, as uh, Graham t- touched on there, uh, to uh, hold off uh, Ray Hall there at the end. And then, as you said, uh, is the IndyCar points championship uh, locked up? Uh, Joseph Newgarden's championship bid uh, obviously took a huge hit there on Saturday after an early lap crash on lap one. Uh, and with Alex Pillow, uh finishing seventh, the Spaniard uh, has now extended his points lead uh, to 101 points over race winner and uh, Chip Ganassi racing teammate there, uh, Scott Dixon, uh, who overtook uh, New Garden for second place in points. Impressively, think about this, Josh. Pillow's average finish in the 2023 season is a podium at position number three. How impressive is that? Uh, which you know obviously means uh, Dixon has a tough hill to climb uh, if he wants to knock his teammate off uh, with just three races uh, left to go. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, at the points here uh, momentarily, Josh. Uh, but we do have our guest here joining us. So let's not uh, uh, keep him any longer. Uh, joining us now, uh, have the pleasure and honor of of having a conversation, uh, meeting this individual in Nashville just a few weeks ago. Uh, Blake Smith from Let's Talk Racing is joining us. Uh, Blake, first and foremost, uh, let me extend a huge thank you uh, for carving a little bit of time out of your busy schedule, obviously, uh, during this racing season uh, to join us. Uh, before we talk about what we just witnessed uh, this past weekend here at the IMS Road Course, uh, it's, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into racing and and how you got on a a a radio station uh talking racing hey Derek, hey josh appreciate you having me on here tonight uh on the opportunity to be on the push to pash podcast i tell you what i'm out of owensboro kentucky and uh owensboro is well known for its own racing community in the uh in the nascar circuit we've got jeremy mayfield daryl and michael waltrip the green brothers NASCAR champions from out of Owensboro, and I actually got my start at the age of 14 covering motorsports uh, for our local country music station and NASCAR uh, affiliate. Um, so since then, I've done that. I do uh, uh, some announcing at, at local racetracks as well, whether it be asphalt or dirt, drag racing, go-kart, I pretty much cover it all. Uh, and in this year, um, with Let's Talk Racing, our ESPN affiliate out of Owensboro has become an IndyCar affiliate. So we're glad to be on there, on board with that. And uh, I'm learning more and more about IndyCar each and every week. I've kind of grew up in the NASCAR circuit, but IndyCar has intrigued me, and uh, I'm enjoying every second of it. You know, like I said, I know we were we were together a few weeks ago in, in Nashville, uh, talking IndyCar, talking uh, NASCAR, and, and things of that such. Uh, but this past Sunday, uh, both IndyCar and NASCAR, which unfortunately uh, for some may be the last time, at least here at the uh, road course, uh, were uh, were uh, having their their doubleheader weekend. Uh, IndyCar on Saturday, NASCAR on on sunday uh what did you uh, what were you able to catch on the the indycar side there on saturday uh watching that race uh, scott dixon uh early uh, early lap caution there for spinning out and then does what uh, scott dixon uh does just uh, slowly and methodically carves his way uh through the field and uh you know holding off a hard charging graham rahal 
yeah, what a finish to that race with Graham Rahal and uh, Scott Dixon. You know, Graham gave the best effort there. I'm not sure the couple more laps made things. We got a little bit closer, kind of like the NASCAR did there on Sunday as well between Elliott and McDowell, both close finishers at the IndyCar races this past weekend and NASCAR. But a great race, and and like you said, Scott Dixon took the win in the Scott Dixon way, and you know Alex P- Pelo with a uh, seventh place finish extends that point lead. Um, I, I'd say we have a points champion, fellas. Yeah, that, that's something I know Josh uh, first pointed out, and I've gotten on board with that because you look at, like I said, uh, the average finish of Alex Pelot this year. Uh, he's averaging uh, you know, a third-place finish, a podium uh, finish. And, and ironically, uh, Blake, me and Josh were just talking about this before coming on air, that uh, Alex Pelot just needs eight points according to Marshall Pruitt of the racer, if you do the math, uh, to uh, lock up that uh, points championship, that Astro Cup, the second uh, in his career, if he does do that uh, next Sunday at the uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway uh, right outside of St. Louis. So, yeah, Pelo just needs eight points uh, to uh, um, to lock that up. And, and I don't know, uh, not being a historian, but I wonder if this is the earliest – that a points championship uh, has been locked up because you think about it after the uh, worldwide technology raceway race, there's just two races left to go uh, Portland and, and Laguna Seca. So I wonder if Alex blow does do uh, what everybody thinks he's going to do and is able to lock that points championship up next weekend. Is that the quickest that the Astro cup has been locked up? You know, what Alex Pelot has done this year has just been incredible. And it's not that he's going out and winning each and every race. I mean, yeah, he had his streak there of wins, but he's just been consistent. And he's done a great job. Uh, Mark James and I talked about that on my radio show last week, and just how great Pelot has been. And uh, he's going to be a tough customer to beat. I know Scott Dixon has done, uh, you know, pretty well in the ovals this year, but that's going to be surmountable. I mean, like you said, eight points is all Pelot needs to get this thing wrapped up. Yeah, it's it is going to be interesting to see if if Pelot can do that, and you know, obviously he has to drown out all of the extra noise uh, that that's around him due to uh, the reports that broke this weekend. I know uh, I'll let uh, Josh talk about that a little bit because I think his his explanation of uh, Pelot not leaving uh, Chip Ganassi I think makes uh, the most sense. So I'll let him uh, get into that and let him fill you in uh, on that. But uh, Pelot's got a lot to uh, focus on, obviously, uh, and, and distractions from that outside noise. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, Kyle Larson. I know because uh, you being a, a staunch NASCAR guy, uh, we'll talk about uh, Kyle Larson, who's going to do the double next year. But uh, Josh, you want to get into, I know we, we touched on this a little bit ago, uh, but get uh, Blake up to speed on on what you think uh, Alex Pelot's next move may be. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Blake. Uh, we much appreciate it. We love all our guests coming on. Um I've, I've always, from the beginning of the season, I've, I've always had the theory of why on earth would, well, I guess not from the beginning of the season, but from, from when DePolo started being dominant, I always, I, I asked, why would he leave Chip Ganassi? Um, you know, he was going to go to Arrow because he was, I think he wanted to go for, because he wanted to be, be an F1 driver. And, um, but it doesn't look like Arrow's going to take either of their two cars, their two drivers out of their seats in Arrow, in, uh, in F1. 
So why would he leave? Um, Arrow, Arrow McLaren this year in the NTT um, series has not had as much success. You know, they're they're a new they're a new kid on the block. They're, they're big, they're flashy. They've had a couple uh, couple good races here and there, but they're not they're they don't have the pedigree of uh, of Chip Ganassi racing. So I I've just been talking about why would he leave? Why would he want to after? Having two uh, two Astro Cups in in four in three seasons, why would he want to leave? Um, it's just silly. And now that he's come out and he's it's come out and it's been rumored that he's not going to go to Arrow. I think I think I've been vindicated. I think he's he's come to his senses and he's like, why would I leave this place? Why would I? You know, I've got a great team. I've got a great. I've got a great, uh, I've got a great, great car owner and team. Why would I want to leave? What uh, do you do? You have any thoughts on the on the whole Alex Pelo, um scenario and what what's going on with him the last two years? You know, there's probably a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't see and in conversations that are going on that we don't know about. But what I take away from it, it's even more impressive with. I mean, up and through this season, Pelot has been what we call a sitting duck. I mean, he was rumored to be gone. He was going to be leaving and still makes what he is doing in the IndyCar series more impressive uh, with that team knowing that he was likely going to be leaving. But now he's kind of backtrack on that. Looks like he could be staying where he's at. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so how, how long, Blake, how long have you been, is this the first or the second year? How long have you been, uh, have you been following and reporting on, uh, on IndyCar? This is our first year reporting on IndyCar. I've always been a fan of it, um, but this is our first year with our WLME ESPN radio affiliate out of Owensboro being an IndyCar affiliate. Uh, so I'm learning as we go. I'm also trying to take in a little bit of F1 as well, so trying to broaden my horizons in motorsports. But uh, it's been entertaining so far. I've enjoyed it. I really love the strategy that that IndyCar brings to it with the tire changes, and you have to run this certain tire throughout the race. It really does bring a whole different concept to racing from from what I'm used to with the stock car series. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, with the stock car series, you can bang and uh, and you know, Rubin's racing, but. Can't do can't do that in IndyCar. You 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 rub the tires together. Someone's gonna go flying, and uh, it's it's not gonna be good for them. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, so what what's the most fascinating thing you you've come upon? You know, interesting thing you found out about an uh, IndyCar that you didn't know this year with covering it. What? Well, uh, the name of your podcast kind of explains it for me. Push to pass. I wasn't fully aware of that and, uh, you know, of that going on in the IndyCar series. And I think that's really neat. And, you know, it comes down to the strategy of we have so many seconds left to push to pass, but we have the fuel in the tank to take advantage of that situation. So that's also a whole different uh, a look at how that works. Most definitely. Uh, I got one more question for it. It has nothing to do with uh, IndyCar. It's got to do with NASCAR. Do you hate stage racing? <laughs> I tell you what, I I hate stage racing the way it is. Um, I like the way it was at Indy. Hey, if you want to give points for running top 10 on lap 75, that's great, but there's no need to stop the race and change everyone's strategy and, and do all that. We saw an excellent race on Sunday on the Indy road course. Uh, talk, a little talked a little bit about with Michael McDowell about that Sunday afternoon in the media center. You know, it really changed the whole strategy because in the past two or three seasons, 
with uh, the road courses especially, teams are pitting early to try to take advantage or they'll have better track position for the long haul rather than uh, stage finishes. But I I like stage finishes. I like stage points. But let's not throw the caution flag. We've got technology and points. Let's just keep track of it in the tower. And at the end of the day, you finish 10th on lap 75. You finish 13th on lap 150. And you finished 8th at the end of the race. Let's keep up points that way. Stop throwing the yellow flags. Couldn't agree more. I'd rather just go back to the old days where you just raced and didn't ma didn't matter. It didn't matter. I don't like playoffs. Just race, get the points. That's how Dale Earnhardt did it. That's how I love it. That's exactly right. You know, Matt Kenseth had that last 2003 was kind of a runoff for him in the NASCAR Cup Series, and that was the last year for the traditional point system. But, yeah, um, it, does it make headlines? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's go back to the way things were back when, uh, NASCAR was in its heyday, in my opinion. And, uh, that, that's the way I'd like to see it. Thanks, Blake. Uh, much appreciated. Blake, the last question that I have actually does have to do with, with, with NASCAR. And we touched on this uh, earlier. It was in, uh, revealed on Sunday that uh, Kyle Larson is going to be doing the Indianapolis 500 next year, along with the uh, Coca-Cola 600 on Memorial Day weekend. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on what you think, uh, you know, what how this is going to play out uh, for Kyle Larson going from uh, an Indy car on a Sunday Sunday morning Sunday afternoon to a NASCAR uh, event uh, Sunday evening. I really like how Hendrick Motorsports has called it the Hendrick 1100. They made that debut there Sunday morning uh, in the paddock area, unveiled both of those race cars, even had a special edition T-shirt, which I picked up from the souvenir hauler Sunday, a sharp shirt you know, showing both of those cars. In my opinion, if there's anybody in the sport that can do it and that has had the opportunity to do it, even in the past looking at Tony Stewart, John Andretti, um, uh, you know, Kurt Busch. If anybody can go out there and be competitive in both races, it's Kyle Larson. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And seeing that uh, unveilment there on uh, on Sunday, I thought that that livery for uh, not only his IndyCar with the uh, papaya orange and the Hendrick blue, uh, but for his IndyCar, or excuse me, for his NASCAR uh, livery as well. I thought that was uh, pretty pretty sharp looking, and I can't wait to see that out at the uh, out at the speedway here in uh, in a little less than a year. Uh, Blake, I know before we let you go, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what you do, your show there. Uh, where can people find it? Where can people find uh, your content, uh, social media, things of that nature? Yeah, guys, the show is called Let's Talk Racing. Um, it's out of Owensboro, Kentucky. We broadcast live every other Tuesday. So you caught me on an off week here tonight because uh, our shows usually kind of interfere with each other on time-wise. So this worked out great. But you can listen in anywhere in the world on OwensboroRadio.com. That's O-W-E-N-S-B-O-R-O -O, or the Owensboro Radio app. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at Let's Talk Racing Show. And uh, follow me on uh, Facebook as well, Blake Smith. Uh, cover a lot of motorsports. Just knocked out an article and did some stuff on the whole uh, Connor Daly replacing Jack Harvey at uh, Indianapolis, or at Correction at Worldwide Technology Raceway here in a couple of weeks. I thought that was entertaining. What, you, what is your guys' thoughts on that? Is Daly auditioning for a ride, or is he just filling in uh, for a seat because he's available? 
That's that. That's I think that's the million dollar question. Um, you know, Daly not only did he uh, entertain uh, obviously uh, earlier in the year with uh, Meyer Shank racing uh, due to the uh, unfortunate accident that Simon Pagano uh, had, but now he is going to be driving uh, next weekend uh, for uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. So uh, it, it does kind of beg the question: uh, what uh, what's uh, what, what's Connor Daly going to do in twenty twenty four? Obviously, uh, you know when the silly season comes, uh, obviously Alex Pillow, Marcus Erickson are going to be the first two uh, dominoes to fall. And then it's going to be really interesting to see uh, who the next domino is after the, uh, the two big fish there, Josh, you want to comment? Uh, I think, uh, I think they just want to, they want to get some, uh, get a different perspective in there. You know, Jack Harvey hasn't had a, uh, hasn't had a stellar season. So, you know, it's coming up. I think he is auditioning. I think he's auditioning to uh, take over Harvey's car next year. And um, it'll be interesting. Will uh, will Harvey hat, will he be able to find a ride for technology, worldwide technology? Is he able to find a ride? I mean, contractually to be able to find, to find a ride. Uh, it'll be interesting. Um, not a big fan of, taking guys out of their cars, you know, mid season or towards the late later half of the season. But of course it's not my team. I'm not, uh, I'm not running, I'm not owning or paying for any of it, but uh, I feel bad for Harvey. Yeah, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to let him finish out the rest of the season, I would imagine. So, uh, but we'll see how Connor does, you know, he, he, he has, he felt the sting of being taken out of his car earlier this season and uh, maybe maybe that that motivation will, uh, will will propel him to a good to a good start and a good finish at uh, Worldwide, and uh, maybe get him a ride for next year full time. Yeah, he's definitely a great talent. Look forward to what he does in uh, St. Louis and where he finishes out. If it is if it's at RLL for the rest of the racing season, or if he's just back in 2024, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. Yeah, it it absolutely is, Blake. Uh, again, uh, Blake, huge thank you uh, for joining us. Make sure you go uh, check uh, Blake out there. Let's talk racing on the uh, the radio station uh, that he just mentioned there. Uh, again, Blake, huge thank you uh, for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, we'll talk down the road in in this off season as well. Absolutely, thank you guys. Uh, great show, and it's going to be an exciting finish to the season. Thanks, Blake. Have a good night. Thank you, yeah. guys. You as well. Yep, it absolutely, it absolutely is. Go check uh, Blake out there uh, on uh, Let's Talk Racing, and uh, you know, maybe you could, uh, if you don't know a lot about NASCAR, maybe you can uh, learn something from uh, from him, as he has learned uh, from everyone else when it comes to uh, IndyCar. Uh, Josh, from one guest uh, to another, uh, as always, uh, Mike from. Uh, burnout sports burnout bets is joining us as usual uh mike i'm, I'm sure uh, with uh, you betting the house on scott dixon last weekend you were able to get that pool house down at the in the, in the keys correct yeah i'm uh i was trying to think of what i was going to talk about because i'm i'm still pretty you, know, you try to you try to got you try to stay level as a better uh but i don't think i ever had a weekend where i was just confident uh set up to make a ton of money like i was that race and uh the fact that dixon won that race still has me pissed uh 
uh, I, I, it, it's just crazy, you know, the way, and, you know, I, I can't get mad at Dixon cause I, you know, I made so much money off of betting Dixon top threes, uh, before any car betting was even thought about, uh, that was just always my go-to bet. So I guess this is just a little bit of karma coming back, but, uh, man, I was set up so good. Um, I had pre-qualification bets all in the 15 to one range. Uh, if you were following on Twitter, I recommended putting some money on uh, Lungard, on Pato, uh, and um, I don't know, I'm blanking on whoever the other driver was. Uh, oh, Rossi. And they qualified 2-3-4. So all I had to do was bet Ray Hall as well, which I did. So I had the entire top four covered at some huge numbers. Uh, that would have been really big payouts. And uh, and Dixon wins the race. I was uh, watching the race on my phone. Uh, and I was not happy that Saturday I ru- ruined my evening, but, um, you know, it actually kind of still worked out. Um, uh, okay. It was a break even week. Uh, we did, did sweep the matchups, had, had some really good matchup bets that were easy wins actually weren't, wasn't even an interesting sweat. It was Pato. Um, uh, Pato was one of them and oh, pull over new garden and Pato, uh, over Kirkwood. Um, and those were just, it just seemed like those were easy ones. Put those out on Twitter. Uh, hopefully everybody got in on those. So those went 2-0. and oh. So those kind of made up for uh, Dixon winning the race. Had no Dixon whatsoever. Had Dixon was a full fade. And, and this is just one of those, like, you just got to chalk this race up to bad luck as far as betting goes. Uh, you know, I did everything correct and, and just didn't cash the big ticket. And then I also got lucky. Uh, I bet odd the odd number car to win the race, and I parlayed it with Lucas Glover to win the PGA Tour event. And that was exciting to watch a playoff on Sunday at the PGA Tour event. Uh, but that was like 15 to 1. And granted, Dixon was not the odd car number that I had in mind when I made that bet. It was uh, Ray Hall, Award. Uh, all, all those guys at the top were, were odd car numbers. The number was wrong because they had the sportsbook screwed up and had Polo uh, real, way too high in the odds. So um so hit that bet too and that actually made it maybe a little bit of a winning week so um but yeah man I'm, I'm it's a mixed mixed emotions i didn't lose money but uh could have could have put a put an addition to that pool house uh but it didn't didn't work out josh i know you made uh, i i believe if i if memory serves me correctly uh you put some money on on the race as well uh, how did you do I lost. I did a three, three, uh, three matchup parlay. I won. I had Alexander Rossi over Erickson. I had Pato over. Of course, I took McLaughlin over uh, Scott Dixon. So that uh, the Scott Dixon, Scott Dixon winning screwed me. I, I wouldn't have wanted a lot of money, but I would have won some. I didn't put any money on any of the any of the drivers to win. But I, I was pretty, pretty confident I was going to win that, uh, win that. But it didn't, it didn't come, come to fruition. So, uh, uh, it's looking pretty darn good. You had it. It's looking pretty good. You had it figured out. And when Dixon spun, you're probably like, all right, here we go. And then, mm-hmm. you know, next thing you know, he's got additional red tires because he didn't qualify good, and he's doing his whole fuel save thing. And uh, all of a sudden, like the guy, you know. He should have been a lap down. I, it, it's still, I'm still annoyed uh, if you can hear it in my voice, but it should have been a, should have been a huge week. Should have built up the bankroll for football, but uh, it was, it was all right. We'll move on to the, the next one in two weeks. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, worldwide technology raceway, but I, I want to make a point. Uh, Graham Rahal said 
after the uh, race. And I, and I think this kind of sums up the way you two are feeling in, in post-race. Graham talked about uh, Scott Dixon and, as you said, uh, his, his pit strategy and, and fuel saving. He says, you know, if you give Scott Dixon an inch, he'll take a mile. And that's exactly what happened. I think that sums up uh, the way you guys are feeling uh, after the uh, the race on Saturday. Yeah, I saw that quote uh, as I was like furiously trying to figure out how in the heck did he get up front? I just didn't, I couldn't figure, like I didn't understand. So and I saw Graham's tweets and Graham was the strongest car. Graham should have won the race. Uh, now granted, that would have been just a small win for me. Nowhere near as, you know, I had 15 to one on Rossi, Lungard and, uh, a nice 10 to one on Pato. So those would have been bigger hits. Like, but Graham was still six to one. I would have gladly put that in my bank account. Uh, I also had Graham top three. So, you know, cash the Graham top three, cash a Pato top three, missed out on the Rossi top three, which was my best bet of the week. So uh, there's still money to be made. You just got to spread it out. And sometimes you're in a great spot and it just doesn't work out. And, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you get lucky in other senses of the word. So, uh, you know, you got you only you only remember the ones where you feel like you got screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, like you said, turning the page uh, on to on to the next one next weekend at uh, Worldwide Technology Ra- Raceway uh, for the Bomberito uh, 500. I don't know if you've started digging in uh, yet, uh, Mike or not, but uh, right off the surface, right off the top of your head, being the last uh, oval uh, of the year, uh, anybody uh, stand out uh, as we sit right now? Yeah, let's get right back on the Penske cars. Buy low, sell high, sell high, buy low. Uh, they're the ones that have been strong in all the ovals this year. New Garden and Pato, like those are the oval guys. Uh, it's, uh, that's a mid mid-size oval. So like that, that's the those are the guys I'm going to jump right back on. McLaughlin, Power is super strong here. McLaughlin's strong. So Power, McLaughlin, New Garden, and Award, like those will probably be my four guys. We'll see what the sportsbook posts like. Hopefully the sports books throw uh, the yeah you know, I, I don't think the Ray Hall or the maybe they'll throw the Ray Hall Lonigan cars up top and they'll throw Polo as the favorite and that's wrong so uh, you know he'll he'll do fine Erickson does fine and these they, they do okay in these road courses but or these ovals but uh, but I'm gonna jump right back on the Penske cars so I jumped off the Penske cars for the uh, Gallagher Grand Prix and jump right back on for these ovals and uh, maybe we can get some good numbers. Uh, pre-qualifications and then really qualifications don't matter on these ovals. It's, it's about race speed and, and, uh, tire dig, tire dig. So, um, we'll see, uh, see if we can, uh, get some more matchups and and make some more dollars and see if we can find some good numbers. Uh, with your, with, with a break uh, this weekend, obviously, uh, IndyCar off until next weekend, uh, anything uh, betting wise that you're looking at, I, I know it's early in the week. Uh, but anything this weekend uh, you take a look at or people to pay attention to? Uh, not not in racing-wise for me. I don't even know if there's an SRS race. I've played around with Ben a couple of those. I'm a sucker for Tony Stewart just because he was a f- and he's somebody I liked back in the day. Um, but, no, I'll probably be betting the golf tournament um, uh, on the side and do a little bit of that. So, uh, But, uh, no, I, I'll – Nothing, nothing. I haven't. Uh, I'm sure there'll be something. I'll figure it out. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Preseason football. No, my only advice to bet no. preseason football is bet the under, uh, which which seems to hit at a big clip. But no, um, you know, if you do want to bet, I have done that before. I'll, you know, I'll have, if I were like in Vegas, maybe I would. But uh, 
Yeah, that's all about who the backup quarterback is, who's, which team's got the better backups. That's that's the team you bet on. So there's my my NFL preseason betting advice. So probably don't bet the Colts, who are going to play Richardson most of the game. He's still learning, as we can see. Hey, he was the best graded best graded rookie outside. All right, of- uh, Mike. Good stuff as always. It's been. Uh- Go ahead. You know, I can't, you know, I can't, I, I can't fault the guy, uh, his interception. Uh, he, uh, that may have been uh, McKenzie's fault there a little bit watching that. Uh, but, uh, one thing I did notice about Richardson is, uh, he, he, he has to realize he's not in college anymore and his arm strength is, is not going to get him out of trouble sometimes. That's all. Not wrong. Mike, as always, uh, thanks for joining us. It's been an amazing ride so far. We got uh, just uh, three rounds left to see uh, who uh, who takes home the Astro Cup, and uh, hopefully, uh, you've, you've uh, padded your bankroll as uh, Mike has, because like he just said, uh, football, uh, college, and pro is uh, right around the corner. So, uh, Mike, we'll talk again in, in a week, and and I'm sure uh, nothing will change. Continue to uh, hit on those Penske cars. Yeah, we'll see what the numbers are. We'll see how maybe we'll get odds a little early. I doubt it now. Fall starting, we'll probably be waiting until uh, Thursday. I don't know if it's a Saturday or Sunday race, but it'll be last minute. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what odds we get, and we'll uh, see if we can make a couple races left. We'll see if we can hit a couple more winners. Uh, Good stuff. As always, Mike, we'll talk uh, in uh, one week's time. There you go. Thanks. All right. Josh, we we've, we ran a little over than I thought we would. Uh, let's get to, we'll get to the news and then we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. Uh, first thing I want to talk touch on when it comes to uh, the news, um, we talked about this. It was uh, rumored, uh, but then uh, Meyer Shank finally made it uh, official on um, on Friday up at the uh, the media center there. Uh, if I if I do the right thing, here we go. That um, uh, Tom Bloomquist, uh, who has uh, raced in the past uh, for uh, Meyer Shank Racing for their uh, IMSA uh, WeatherTech Sports Championship uh, level or uh, uh, team, uh, he is now going to be full time uh, for Meyer Shank Racing, the IndyCar uh, program in 2024. Uh, he is going to be. In the number six car, uh, we don't know yet uh, what uh, what uh, the season's going to hold for Simon Pagano, and then uh, who is going to be driving that number sixty car uh, going forward in twenty twenty four. But uh, Bloomquist did sign a contract, obviously, uh, with uh, Meyer Shank for the twenty twenty four season, and then also too, not only the announcement about. Uh, uh, Bloomquist uh, joining the IndyCar program over there at Meyer Shank Racing, uh, but also too, uh, four-time uh, Indianapolis 500 winner Elio Castroneves is now a minority owner as well in uh, Meyer Shank Racing. So he is not going anywhere. Uh, he's going to be racing for them in 2024 and beyond. Now I want to stress that he is only going to be running the 500 uh, for his drive for five. Uh, so every other race, obviously Tom Bloomquist is going to be the driver. Uh, I believe Elio is going to be his coach, uh, but uh, for the 500, um, Elio is going to be in that 06 car trying to 
do a feat that no one else has ever done by winning five uh, Indianapolis 500s. Uh, Josh, you want to comment? Congratulations to Tom. Uh, Well-deserved. Um, you know, make he's now uh, <clears throat> he's now a full-time driver. He can uh, hang his hat on that. Uh, but uh, now now the real work starts. You know, you you can all you can get the ride, but can you keep the ride? Is going to be your, is going to be the question. You know, so many prom so many pre um, prominent drivers have oh uh, promising drivers. You know they come and they go. It's uh, it's only the good ones that stay around. So uh, congratulations to uh, to Tom and uh, good luck on the rest of the season. And we'll see you next year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see you in the winter circle or uh, or on the podium one day. So uh, congratulations and uh, congratulations to uh, Helio also. You know it's uh, it's it's got it's got to be an exhilarating thing. It's got to be a frightening thing. You know to to build, buy into a, a race car team, you know, you spend so much money and you never know if you're, if you're going to get your return investments, but I know, uh, he's going to be a great coach for, uh, for Tom and, um, and a great ambassador going forward for, uh, for that team for Meyer Shank. So, uh, excited to hear all that news. Yeah. And then, uh, one last thing, uh, that we have to, uh, to, bring you uh this just happened uh earlier today uh really caught everyone uh by surprise uh but uh, the ray hall letterman lanigan racing uh program announced today that they are changing uh their driver lineup uh for uh the uh world at, at worldwide technology raceway and the bomberito automotive group 500 next weekend uh, the driver change is going to be obviously in the number 30 entry. Uh, veteran Connor Daly, as we talked about, is going to be the one that is uh, going to be manning uh, that uh, that entry. They're driving behind the wheel now. There is no announcement yet as to uh, who's going to be driving that uh, same entry uh, for Portland and then at uh, Laguna sake of there at at the end of the year uh, a quote from uh, connor daly here uh, it means a lot to have the chance to drive for ray hall letterman lanigan uh, racing team i've known bobby bobby ray hall that is uh, ever since i was a child our families are very close mike lanigan is also someone that that has known my dad for a long time and i've known him as well and then also uh, Dave Letterman is a friend of the family as well. And it's very special to have the chance to drive for this organization. I will obviously do the best job I can to make them proud and their partners proud and hope to be able to deliver everything they're looking for. I am excited for the chance to get back behind the wheel at one of my favorite tracks, worldwide technology raceway. Now, uh, Connor Daly, obviously uh, manning the number 30 entry, uh, which uh, that means uh, Jack Harvey was let go from Ray Hall Letterman Landing and Racing early this morning. Uh, hopefully Jack is able to uh, land on his feet. And I think it'd be interesting. And again, I don't know uh, contract wise, as you mentioned, if he could do this. Uh, but just think a few years back for Indy, you know, the, the hardcore uh, IndyCar uh, fans that Jack Harvey is just a few years removed from that number 60 entry. So what, what, uh, what a weird turn of events that could happen if uh, Meyer Shank is still looking uh, for somebody to complete the last three rounds uh, in that number 60 entry. Well, 
Jack Harvey, who was just in that seat not too long ago, is is now available again if uh, Simon Pagano is not cleared uh, by uh, by IndyCar. But obviously that re- yet remains to be seen. Uh, Josh, uh, you want to comment uh, on uh, Connor Daly now taking over the uh, number 30 entry there at uh, Ray Hall Letterman Landing and Racing? As I said earlier, sucks for Jack. Uh, great thing for Connor. Uh, it's uh, it's probably just it's a uh, it's an audition for uh, for next year. See if he can ca- see if he can catch on with Ray Hall, uh, Letterman Lanigan. Um, and if uh, and I'm I hope that uh, I hope I mean I'm, I hope Simon Pagano's back, but I hope he has not pushed back too quickly. Um, if he's not, I mean Jack. Jack Harvey would be a great, uh, great driver to sit in that seat and take over for the rest of the year for the last three races. Um, like I said earlier, I'm not a big fan of taking drivers out of the cars mid season, but of course it's not my team. It's not my money, but um, a lot of shakeup, a lot of shakeup towards the end of the year. Uh, I think Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan wants to see what they have going forward and what they can have going forward. So uh interesting uh, interesting details and uh, and uh, revelations come through came earlier this week earlier this day and it uh, caught us all off guard I know it caught you off guard it caught me off guard it probably caught a lot of people off guard yeah it, it absolutely did and uh, that uh, just tells us Josh that uh, silly season uh, in IndyCar is just around the corner. Well, that uh, that does it uh, for this episode. Uh, huge thank you to Blake Smith of Let's Talk Racing uh, for joining us. And then, as always, huge thank you to uh, Mike from Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets, uh, for joining us as well. Make sure you check out both of those gentlemen's work um, over on, on Twitter for, uh, for Mike and then uh, on YouTube and then uh, wherever else you can find the Let's Talk Racing radio show. Uh, Josh, unless you have uh, anything else, uh, the uh, checkered flag is about to drop and we are going to uh, get on out of here. So it looks like uh, you, uh, you do not. Uh, so until one week from now when we are previewing the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 from the Worldwide Technology Race Week just outside St. Louis, I believe that's Madison, Illinois, to be exact, that is when we will be back. So until then, we will see you in the next video. Bye-bye.